0: This is Tech News Today for Monday, March 21st, 2011. Tech News Today is brought to you by GoToAssist Express. If you're in tech support, solve problems fast with the leader in remote support software, GoToAssist Express. For a free 30-day trial, visit gotoassist.com/tnt. And by FreshBooks. FreshBooks, the easy online invoicing service that gets you paid quickly and makes you look professional. Get started with a free package at freshbooks.com. Welcome to Tech News Today. I'm Tom Merritt. I'm Sarah Lane. I'm Darren Kitchen. I'm Jason Howell, kind and of. And you're kind of Jason Howell. Yeah. I'm only partially here.
2: Oh, okay. So I'm floating in the clouds somewhere. I'm so watching entirely. Entirely Are you on Sudafed? Uh, yeah, something of that ilk. Yeah. Yeah. Is so, your heart beating really this real fast? <laughs> That's how I was
1: That <laughs> South by Southwest yeah, that day. Yeah. I was like, I think, I feel like yeah. I'm not really here I right now. I call it astronaut
0: head. head. Because you just kind of feel like you're floating in space. But not
1: in a fun way. Oh, yeah. Like, you no. don't get to see yeah. Earth from afar no, exactly. or anything. A, no. Without
0: any of the benefits. You just have to work. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to sit in my own space shuttle and be in space.
1: Well, you're doing an you know, excellent controls. job, well,
0: Jason. All right. Uh, well, thank you for being here. Absolutely. I'm sorry you're sick, man. Right. I, um, but we have big news. AT&T <laughs> wants to buy T-Mobile. Uh, $39 billion is the, the value of the deal. Uh, most of it's cash. Some of it is stock. Deutsche Telekom, which owns T-Mobile USA, and by the way, Europeans don't panic. Uh, AT&T is only buying T-Mobile USA. Deutsche Telekom will own 8% of AT&T if this deal goes through. The acquisition is expected to close sometime in 2012, so nothing's going to happen right away. All the people wondering, like, hey, can I use my iPhone on T-Mobile now? or blah, blah. That's, Nothing is going to happen until 2012. Uh, and there are some... Some regulatory hurdles to face here at&t anticipates regula- regulators will require it to divest wireless spectrum and subscribers as a condition of approval a lot of people speculating that uh they'll the fcc would put conditions like open access or rural development uh as a condition for approving the deal do we think that this deal will go through
1: i think it probably will i mean uh at&t may have to make some concessions it- this seems like, although people are worried about antitrust problems and AT and T being too powerful, this makes perfect sense for both companies. AT and T wants better coverage for one,
0: right? So they get a bunch of towers. They get Spectrum. a bunch of
1: towers. They get to they get to be the top dog. Yeah, um, they become
0: that's right. They become the biggest. They become
1: bigger than Verizon. You know, which is one of the things where it's like, well, Verizon has bigger coverage, it's just bigger network in general, and. Uh, T-Mobile now is what? I mean, It's it, it was it was one of the big four, but it was the smallest of the four. And it was going to have to invest how many billions of dollars to roll out LTE and become an actual player? You know, in five years, would T-Mobile really be in the rankings anymore? They've probably been looking to be picked up by somebody for a while now. Yeah. And they get a lot of money out of it.
2: Right Well, now, they were. Sprint was looking at them. But, you know, it, and I can understand how it kind of makes a little bit more sense technologically that AT&T would be more interested because they're both GSM providers. That being said, everybody's moving to an LTE or has already gone towards WiMAX or, or whatever the next generation, you know, wireless may be. Uh, of course, the, I guess what it is, the 4G over on, um, T-Mobile, on T-Mobile is On T-Mobile, it's
0: HSPA plus 21. So what? it has a theoretical max of 21 megabits per second. It's pretty fast.
1: Yeah, yeah it's, just, it's just below LTE, I think, as far as speeds go. As far
0: as maximum
2: speed, yeah, yeah exactly. And I, I think AT&T is just trying to get the band back together. I mean, ever since they broke up in 84, <laughs> it really hasn't been the same. And if you look at the trend, you know, it's been uh, Verizon and AT&T who have been, you know, buying up phone companies left and right, and not so much with T-Mobile.
0: Yeah, right? re- remember that this is actually Southwestern Bell. Mm-hmm. Southwestern Bell, which uh, which was kind of your Texas area Bell breakup, started buying everybody. They bought Bell South, mm-hmm. they bought Singular, they bought uh, a pac Bell, Pacific Bell Pacific out here. Bell. Uh, yep. And when they bought Singular, they uh, they actually um, brought back. The AT and T name because Singular had merged with AT and T yes. to become AT and T Wireless, and so when that happened, they said, "Well, now we're AT and T." Well, so but
1: this is the problem, you know, Darren. You joke about the band breaking up in '84. Well, they were forced to, yes, because they were too big. They were a monopoly mm-hmm. in the U.S. and it, and people worry that AT and T is the top carrier again, and it starts to screw up uh, phone manufacturers. Consumers get worse. Uh, plans, uh, fewer options. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's not a monopoly. Well,
0: at but- and trying to say, look, there's plenty of competition. Most people right now have five carriers to choose from locally. So you have your AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, and Sprint, and then you have one other local carrier like a U.S. Cellular or Metro PCAS or Leap. Or mm-hmm. something like that. So there's, they're like, there's more competition in the United States than anywhere else on the planet. Right. And then there's, you know, uh, half a dozen MVMO or mobile
2: virtual right. network operators. Like Virgin. But, right. But then they're just piggybacking on, you know, T-Mobile or Sprint's network.
1: Speaking of Sprint, I mean, okay, let's say it's 2012. The deal goes through. Uh, T-Mobile USA is, is absorbed TNT.
0: into AT&T. AT&T Mobile. AT&T. Yeah, and Exactly. AT AT to the fourth? There we go. T-A-T.
1: Yeah. Anyway. uh, What happens to Sprint? You know, does Sprint kind of become this, you know, it's like the little, the youngest sibling type of a thing? Here's what
0: would have happened, right? Verizon has 31.9% of the market. AT&T, 29.8. So they're almost in a dead heat. T-Mobile has 11.8. So if Sprint had bought T-Mobile, they would then suddenly have 28.6% of the market, putting them dead on with AT&T and Verizon. Mm -hmm. It actually seems a little bit more balanced. Now, AT&T and T-Mobile will command something uh, along the lines of 42% of the market, putting them well ahead of Verizon and leaving Sprint in the dust with their 16.8%.
1: Interesting. Now,
0: U.S. Cellular is right next to them with 2.1, but you can only get it in the Midwest.
1: Well, so what happens to Sprint? Does somebody buy Sprint eventually? Uh, Does Verizon
0: buy Sprint?
1: I I don't know. Well, that would really, I mean, talk about...
0: Well, who? Because who, who else is going to buy Sprint? I mean, somebody on Twitter today suggested Google buys Sprint and gets into the game. You know, the guys over I at, at
1: Gadget uh, suggested Comcast would have been the fr- yep. would be the front I saw runner. that.
0: Pete Rojas said that mm-hmm. he thinks that Comcast might be the front runner. Which yeah. Is
1: not- on the realm of possibility because but, time I mean, warner has talked about bleak.
0: buying a wireless provider comcast is involved with sprint mm-hmm. on the WiMAX and clear deal they they own a part of clear and they provide WiMAX comcast branded WiMAX service as an yeah. mvno using the clear service uh so i i i think sprint has to flip to lte at this point and i think that could be a good thing For everybody, because then if Verizon, AT&T, and Sprint all have LTE, then at least the phones can work on any network. Yeah. Uh, There there is going to be a bad uh, fallout for T-Mobile users, though. AT&T said that sometime after the closing, it's going to rearrange T-Mobile cell towers. Now, that's going to help them roll out LTE. They're going to use a bunch of the T-Mobile cell towers to roll out LTE service, Mm -hmm. but the airways that they use for third-generation services will be repurposed for that, meaning T-Mobile phones won't have 3G anymore, and you'd have to get a new phone. AT&T says they'll have a plan for that, but they're they're getting it out there early. Your phone may not work in a year and a half.
1: Well, I'm not surprised. I I mean, they've... There's a certain amount of uh, frequency that you have to work with,
2: right? And AT and T I mean, is using. we out of the capacity 3G anyway. Right? AT and T is using all of the spectrum that they have, whereas T-Mobile is only scratching the surface mm-hmm. of what they own. So yeah. AT and T this is a buy know, spectrum. That's, oh, absolutely, this, yeah, for and, sure. And, and and if there was more to buy outside of you know like the 700 megahertz auction uh, years back, then. You know, they would have already picked it up, and it's, it seems like the only logical way to get more that they can use. I
0: think this deal will be approved with a lot of conditions. I think the only fighting to be done is over what at and will agree to in order mm-hmm. for it to happen. The government's going to put – they're going to try to put open access provisions on this. They're going to put rural rollout. Uh, they're going to make them divest some spectrum so that the FCC can get some more because everybody's spectrum hungry right now. Uh if they weren't to go through with the deal, this is how sure AT&T is that they can get approval, they would have to pay T-Mobile 3 billion dollars, give them spectrum, which T-Mobile already has plenty of spectrum, mm-hmm. and give T-Mobile a roaming agreement. Uh so so, what does so if that this doesn't, mean, doesn't a go through. <laughs> that means that uh AT&T's spectrum would be available for T-Mobile users to use.
1: They wouldn't do this unless they were confident that yeah. they were they were going to be able to
2: Of course sure. if it doesn't go through, you know, T-Mobile. T-Mobile really wins. I mean, it could be a huge... boost. Not that they really but need I mean, the mean, Again,
1: I think T-Mobile anyway, thinks but... that this is a done deal, too. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, they just want... They want a lot more money than the $3 billion and go, okay, now we're back where we started. Right. Sprint
0: doesn't like this, obviously. They say that the, uh, the merger would result in a wireless industry dominated by two vertically integrated companies, meaning AT&T and Verizon. Uh, so they're probably going to... Against approval of this,
2: Right. And I'm sure, you know, it's not just sprints that's, you know, not in favor of this. I'm sure some consumers aren't going to be as well as, you know, handset manufacturers that previously could, you know, bid their, their GSM handsets to both uh, T-Mobile and AT&T. And if there's only one, you know, buyer in town for your GSM mm-hmm. handset, then you take what price they give you.
0: I want to thank uh, Obsidian Offing for sending in that link about uh, what would happen to T-Mobile 3G phones if AT&T gets this merger. Uh, Let's move on to some well-timed announcement from Sprint. I have a feeling they might have rushed this a little to uh, come out right at the time of this announcement because T-Mobile has been great about bringing devices. This is another fallout of a T-Mobile AT&T merger, which is there are fewer carriers for the manufacturers of phones to negotiate with to get their devices out, which is bad for innovation on devices. For instance, the Nexus S. Google has constantly gone to Mm T-Mobile for the G1, the Nexus S, to be able to have a a, a relatively uh, cooperative carrier to work within their demands. AT&T has notoriously had bad Android phones because they want control Mm -hmm. over that. Nexus S 4G uh, has been announced, and it will come from Sprint it will be a, a fully integrated Google Voice smartphone, integrating uh, Google Voice as your phone number, as your voicemail, the ability to make calls using the web. And it will be a WiMAX phone.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's got all of the bells and whistles that you might expect. It is still only a single gigahertz processor. It does have a dedicated GPU, 16 gigs of external, 512 of RAM. You know, all the, all the bells and whistles you might expect from a modern-day Android smartphone. But what's really intriguing about this is that it's the first we've seen that's a fully integrated Google Voice experience, where everything you do is from your Google Voice number. And, you know, this is one of these things that caught my eye because I was like, Absolutely. Like with the, the whole AT&T T-Mobile news that was breaking over the weekend, one of the things that I've been thinking about, my roommate that uh, just recently moved in has been thinking about and, and doing actually, is cutting the cord not just cable-wise, but cutting the cord telco-wise. He's actually rocking a, uh, an Android phone, but using it only with Wi-Fi, uh, with SIP, and with Google Voice, so he can send and receive text messages, he can make calls. Where, he do do you get to, where does he, he get his nev- internet from? Well, that's the problem. Right now, it's Wi-Fi, and there's and where does he
0: get that Wi-Fi from?
2: Well, wherever there's public Wi-Fi available. Yeah. Okay. I know it's not a network. It's okay. not a solution, but I'm saying you know he's this
1: is, he's, on, he's on the beginning road, right? And
2: I'm thinking yeah. that this is one of those things where you know I, I I seem to think that bits are bits, whether it's a text message, which is. Honestly, just a kilobyte, or if it's you know a uh, voice call, which is you know again just packets, uh, or if it's you know data over the web, and you know my feeling is that uh, if he could just get himself a four G, uh, a SIM card from, and you know T Mobile has actually been great. I've I've gone to them with like cash before and gotten SIM cards for testing and stuff. Um, he could totally you know cut the cord and just. You know, buy wholesale packets and just kind of like do his own, roll his own with a SIP provider and pay well, for what he uses. So,
1: what happens in a deal like this? Does Google pay Sprint a certain amount of money because Sprint isn't going to be able to charge if people want to take advantage of their Google Voice account? To charge for a voice plan,
0: they could, or I, you know, I don't know the details of the deal, but Google may be able to sell them on the idea of being a Google Voice phone is going to be attractive and bring customers over. So right. let us do this, and yeah. you'll you'll have more what people you, signing what up. What you
1: might lose in a plan, you'll yeah. gain in volume
0: mm-hmm. because you, you'll still be signing up people to two year contracts and paying data rate.
1: Maybe this is the this is the Sprint model. Maybe Sprint will have a lot of success with this, you and think they do really cater
2: to the the Uber geeks.
1: I, I mean, I think that that's probably a good idea. Well, I mean, gonna- if, you can, if you can distance yourself from, I'm not an AT&T and I'm not a Verizon. Yeah. Here's how we want to work with you because we're the future. They're the yeah. now, now my, network. Yeah.
2: <laughs> there you go. That's a way to do it, absolutely. And the later. You get that, that uh, you know, really tight geek uh you know, niche audience that uh, you know sees the value in having a fully integrated Google Voice phone. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you guys use the service or have had the pains of when you know sending and receiving text message, and then you've got like your friends in your contact list, and you've got like two phone numbers for them, and you're like, ah, oh, what's our real number? What's the Google Voice number? How do I get a hold of them? And
0: well, that yeah, that's the know, nice thing they, about this is your Google Voice number is your, is number. your number. There's no forwarding involved yes. if you get this Nexus S four G. I like that idea. Yeah, yeah, I do pretty too. cool. Uh, Google also in the news for accusing China of messing with Gmail. They say that a government blockage has been carefully designed to look like a problem with Gmail uh, but really is meant to crack down on people who are fomenting revolution in the ongoing revolution that is the People's Republic of China. Uh, Other Google tools like the Person Finder uh, for Japanese tsunami survivors have also exhibited intermittent issues and uh, Google thinks that China's goal is to stifle chatter inspired by the revolutions in the Middle East, and make it look like it's just a technical error on Google's part. Google said, we've looked into this. It's not us.
2: Yeah, they said, there's no issue on our side. We've checked extensively. The government's blockage carefully designed, is carefully designed to make the problem look like it's a problem with Gmail.
1: So this is not the first time that Google and China have have had disagreements about this sort of thing, and Google's pointed its finger at China saying, yeah, working with us appropriately. But how are... How, what, what are the specifics of how China is manipulating this to make it seem like it's a problem on Google's end? Because they say they've checked extensively, but what are their methods to check something like that?
2: Okay, well, basically what you would do is you would send you know, your Gmail session to, say, I don't know, somewhere neutral like Sweden. Mm-hmm. And then you, you compare what you send the same exact payload, your same exact Gmail session to somewhere in China. And you see what the differences are because basically all of those routers in between um, – are what kind of are kind of akin to what hackers call man in the middle attacks. You know, everything that's sent in between them can be altered and if, you know, the government's in control of those routers and wants to make it look like Gmail's having some hiccups, they can by just altering the way that the, you know, JavaScript is handled in there and then you get that big yellow bar at the top that says loading forever.
1: But, but I mean if that was the case, wouldn't it be very obvious that it was just China screwing with the system and not something that was wrong with Gmail?
2: Well they haven't been they haven't been giving technical details. Right. But that's what they're saying is that they've checked and that's yeah. what it looks like. Yeah. Right.
0: All right, uh, we will we will k- keep on this. There's really nothing in China. Obviously, hasn't responded yet. It'll take them a while if they do respond at all. Uh, so there's there's not more evidence coming from Google at this point. Uh, meanwhile, let's take a break and uh, thank our sponsor, Go to Assist Express. If you're in tech support, your clients rely on you for fast and reliable service, and you need the best remote software capable so that you can go into their machine, see what the problem is, and fix it remotely. Darren, you I use love this, this right?
2: stuff? Yeah, I do. Some IT consulting for a company back east, and it is, when I get a call. I just right click on the little icon in my task tray. I hit start a new session. By the time it's up, I've already got a session key in like two clicks. And then I'm just like, go to fastsupport.com, enter this nine digit key. And moments later, I'm on their computer. It's so great. I can see so the you don't screen. Have, they don't have to pre-install software. No, no. Yeah. It's all, well, it's all, you know, it's all browser based. It's all within, you know, as long as they've got Java, they'll be using it. You know, so uh, you just tell them follow the on-screen instructions, and then you sit back as their desktop shows up, and you show them how to click send and receive, and all of a sudden their mail shows and up. And I know and the you're genius. concerned
0: with security stuff, and it's it's secure enough for you. Absolutely, yeah. Totally secure. 128-bit. And, and bit, bit uh, I think it's AES. It's good stuff. Yeah. Go to Assist Express is brought to you by Citrix. Uh, we love the folks at Citrix. They help us out a lot here. Uh, all data exchange during your session is completely secure. Free customer service available 24-7 if you need it. Uh, you want to try it out? Try it out for free for 30 days. You don't have to believe Darren. You don't have to believe me. Go try it out yourself. Go to assist.com slash TNT is the place to get a free 30-day trial. If you do any kind of tech support, you're going to need this. You're going to... it's going to make your life easier on to the sad story of someone stealing virtual gold and getting the book thrown at them uh ashley mitchell 29 year old britain earlier this year hacked into zynga stole 12 million dollars worth of virtual chips from, was it from Zynga Poker?
2: Yeah, something like that. One of the the Zynga games. I, uh, I'm not big on them.
0: Sentenced by the Exeter Crown Court this week, facing four charges of converting criminal property as well as consequences for violating the Computer Misuse Act, Mitchell had previously in 2008 uh, hacked into a local government network and received a 40-week suspended sentence. But hacking into Zynga, that's serious. That's well, 30 weeks of imprisonment there.
1: You know, my first reaction is, gosh, okay, so this guy really didn't learn his lesson. But, it, but you think about what he actually stole he stole virtual money that you can't you know go to the bank and cash in and then go buy an island you know in the south pacific it this is like this is money that you could sell to an unsuspecting other zinga Customer, and that's know, what I could steal doing. it and he sell was it to farming. you. Right? Yeah, he
2: was He was basically like gold farming on Warcraft, except it was in Zynga games. He got rid of his stash, which was worth $12 million. He was only able to sell about 86000 of it.
1: Before he got caught. Yeah. So, I mean, these folks obviously just,
2: I don't know, weren't, weren't thinking things through it. But enough. I mean, he was selling it way under the market value. Had he actually sold off what he had stolen, he would have only, only made $300,000.
1: But that's $300,000 from zero, which could help with a gambling addiction, which he made have
2: yes that's the, the it's clear that since you know he got in trouble uh, with a little government hacking issue back in o eight he 's kind of had a a gambling addiction he's been spending about a thousand pounds a day on online casinos and poker rooms so I mean you know you got you got to pay for that addiction somehow, and you know it, it I can see how to the hacker it kind of seems like it's uh you know, a faceless crime when you steal a virtual good and, and sell it for money because who are you Who are you really hurting? You know, that, that money didn't really exist. It's not like Zenga could go and call the Secret Service for counterfeiting.
0: It's not like Zenga's going to run out of virtual currency. Well, they could no. just issue some more. Yeah, exactly. Although, if he sells that to people, then those people didn't have to pay to buy right. the currency in the game. And right. So-
2: I'm not saying it's right. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But yeah, there's 30, uh, 30 weeks of imprisonment for...
0: All right, let's the check in on uh, a somewhat more serious story. Uh, the uh, reactor at Fukushima's Daiichi nuclear power plant in Japan uh, seems to be—the situation seems to be improving. Two reactors there have successfully been brought into cold shutdown under off-site power. Uh, power lines have been hooked up to the other reactors, uh, and they hope to restore power at units 3 and 4. Those are the most troublesome ones uh, by the end of the week at the very latest. Uh, the plant operators reported that offsite power was now available. At reactors one and two, uh, bringing various instruments and readings back online. And as of Sunday, uh, they were still using seawater to cool the other two. Uh, but the heat is going down. Uh, the radiation emissions are are are, are going away. Uh, and so this is this seems to be turning around at this point. There's still a lot of fud out there, fear, uncertainty, and doubt about. The radiation and and the fact that, uh, I guess, milk and spinach particularly, there have been radiation detected uh, in them. But the amount of radiation found, what happens is, okay, when they evacuate 30 kilometers, they're evacuating for a worst-case scenario. They're saying if something were to go even worse, we want you to not be there already. We're not saying 30 kilometers is the area that's already under threat. We want to get you out ahead of time. With this milk and spinach, they're saying, you know what? We're starting to see some radiation here. Let's be proactive and say, be careful about buying milk and spinach because maybe there's worse radiation that we haven't found yet. Right. And they're saying that what they found is that the
2: primary health threat is actually iodine-131 and that it has a half-life of something like eight days. So, you know, within weeks, any issue would be gone anyway.
0: And there's also XKCD's Randall Munro's radiation dose chart. If you really want to get a good sense of what kind of radiation dangers there are, he has done an incredible job of breaking it all down by showing exactly what amount of millisieverts are in your everyday life. Uh, in your bananas that you eat, in your dental X-rays, you know, and how that relates to, say, a maximum yearly dose permitted for U.S. radiation workers, or the amount of radiation uh, that comes from the Fukushima reactor.
1: Uh, it's funny that you mentioned bananas, Tom, because I'm a daily eater of bananas. As I have, I have a I. banana every day. Would yep.
0: you say that you? As eat, is
1: Jason, mm-hmm.
0: would you say
2: you eat more than ten bananas a year?
1: We eat 365 yeah. bananas a year. Oh, except well that, on that's a lot year, more because 10 sex. bananas a year <laughs>
2: would be equivalent to sitting in front of a CRT monitor for a year.
1: Um, or eating one banana would be actually slightly more radiation than living within 50 miles of a nuclear power plant for a year. No. Oh. So, so I'm actually there. doing more harm to myself if you believe that I'm harming myself via radiation than I would be if I live. Um, the the point is is that. This is and this is if you have if you haven't looked at this chart, it's not only presented in kind of a I, I wouldn't say entertaining, but it's a, it's a very interesting way. But it really uh, goes to show you that there are, are a lot of ways that people are exposed to radiation. Uh, there is a lot of radiation um, by you know being on an airplane from New York to L.A., for example, flying across the country. You're exposed to a lot of radiation more more than uh, more than you would be if you got a um, a dental x-ray, for example. And that's what people always talk about. Oh, R- dental x-rays. You've know, you got to wear the stuff.
0: eight times the radiation from flying from New York to L.A. than you would get in one day living near the Fukushima plant right now as of March 17th. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, it puts a lot of this stuff in perspective. Just, yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: it's it's, it's not, well just, not to say that radiation is not something to, you know, that you should be paying attention to. But know your facts.
0: Well done, Randall Munro. For sure. All right. Uh, looks like the uh, the effects that we were anticipating for raw materials used in chips uh, is, is more solid now. IHI Supply has conducted a uh, survey and concluded that 25% of the world's supply of silicon wafers used to make chips has been suspended by the effects of the earthquake and tsunami in Japan. Manufacturing has stopped at the Shinetsu Chemical Company Limited's Shirakawa facility and the MEMC Electronic Materials had stopped manufacturing at its plant in Utsunomiya. Uh, Together, the two facilities account for a quarter of the global supply of silicon wafers, specifically the kind of wafers used in flash memory in DRAM, uh, which is what we were hearing before. So iSupply has quantified the impact of the shutdown of operations as well at the Mitsubishi Gas and Hitachi Kase polymer plants Uh, those companies produce about 70% of the world's supply of raw materials made to make printed circuit boards. Difference there is there's enough inventory of circuit boards that once they get back up and running, there shouldn't be an interruption in supply just because there are enough sitting around on shelves. Uh, there may not be enough of the flash memory and DRAM chips uh, because of these wafers, so there may be a, yeah, a price hike. That's
2: what I would supply is saying. They're saying that the global market is going to be hit hard, uh, and uh, which in turn means that you can expect both flash and DRAM prices to soar.
0: Uh, Sony plans to restart lithium-ion uh, battery plant that had closed following the earthquake. Uh, so that's good news for the battery industry. Uh, the Nissan Leaf will have some delays uh, because of the Japanese quake. Uh, there were some parts being made in Japan uh, that will delay shipments as a result of that disaster, but they will still be made. Uh, so that that kind of wraps up the state things in japan right now let's uh let's finish up with a couple more stories here one about macbook pros suffering from gpu related freezes a lot of people uh, over 44 pages on the apple forum reporting that if you have a 15 inch or 17 inch macbook they're freezing up when under heavy load. Heavy load means something like video compression, video editing. Uh, the problem seems to be with the AMD graphics switch because if you switch to the integrated graphics, because in the MacBook Pro you can switch between graphics card, the integrated graphics card doesn't display the problem. However, that hobbles your laptop because you, the integrated graphics doesn't have the performance of the AMD graphics. Uh, chip. Tom,
1: you've got a new 15-inch. Yeah, using uh, it right now. And you haven't experienced any of these problems? I or have you even given it a chance? I haven't pushed
0: it as hard as these guys are yeah. talking about i you know i do a lot of tabs uh, in browsers and mm-hmm. stuff like that so i I'd get the oh, processor going that's up what it was
2: but yeah our, our friend jason was doing a segment on hack five here uh for the last episode and we had to reshoot because he was screen recording his desktop to sync the cameras in the for the segment and it's that screen recording that caused it to crash so that's probably using the GPU acceleration yeah, uh, for
1: Yeah, they always do. Yeah, I mean, I use Final Cut on my 17-inch. It is not one of the newer models, though. And, um, reason not to upgrade. <laughs> What's that?
2: I said reason not to upgrade. Oh, I guess
1: Ars so. says, it's pretty that. new <laughs> yeah. as it
0: is. Ars Technica says Apple has flagged the issue in its internal support database. It's a priority issue uh, and that it can be fixed with a firmware upgrade. So, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, it's targeting uh, a specific version of mac os 10 10.6.7 for 2011 macbook pros and the description says that the update addresses graphic stability among other things so uh look for mac os 10 10.6.7 if you're worried about this or if you are in fact experiencing this issue uh apple says that that will fix it but uh yeah kind of a serious issue for folks who bought this specifically for doing high performance stuff Yeah. Finally, France has fined Google over the Street View data uh, saying you have to pay a 100,000 euro penalty, which is kind of a slap on the wrist. I mean, 100,000 euros for Google is nothing. Uh, But this is for the Wi-Fi collection when they were going out with the Street View cameras.
2: Where somebody accidentally configured a script wrong and, you know, oops, unintended consequences.
1: The thing about this is, you know, as you mentioned, Tom... 100,000 euros is a lot to you and me but to Google it's like yes we can easily pay that yesterday not a problem well, uh, yeah. and Google's sort of like in in response to France is like uh okay once again France we're really so sorry that we did this it what was else unintentional can we say? yeah we destroyed the data and France is sort of like yeah well you didn't provide us with some of the information well, everybody and has you weren't a difference. really working with us the way that you wanted to. it's like I I don't quite know what everybody gets out of this. I guess if if France makes an example of Google in this way, maybe some other countries will be able to get some money out of them as well. But again, this is like, it's kind of a weird...
0: It's a lot of different countries doing a lot of different things. Ireland just said, please delete the data. The US gave them a slap on the wrist but didn't find them. Mm -hmm. Uh, France finds... It's all because nobody really understands what happened here because it was a configuration error. So... Yeah. Errors happen all the time. Oh, well. They're paying On for it. to the news fuse. You can now use your Connect with the PS3, sort of. Uh, Shantanu Goel made a software mod which can currently recognize basic gestures like quickly pushing your hand towards the screen twice to activate the X button, as well as the usual waving around for navigation. While the project is still in its infancy, Goel's already working on beefing it up by adding full game profiles and skeletal tracking support.
1: Google Chrome users got an early fix for the Adobe Flash vulnerability that affected Flash Player, Acrobat, and Reader software that was announced by Adobe last week. Other browser users are still waiting for the official security patch from Adobe, which hasn't happened at least as of this live recording, but is expected any minute now.
2: You want a phone? You want a phone with 3D? Well, AT&T's got one, and they're still slowly rolling out LTE network. Yeah, the, L, the LG Thrill 4G looks like the U.S. version of the LG Optimus 3G and that, we probably, that we saw at the Mobile World Congress last month. And the Thrill is sporting a gigahertz dual-core, dual-channel processor. It's also featuring 16 gigs of storage thanks to its internal 8 and its microSD card 8. And uh, AT&T's got no pricing info or release date. It's only stated as coming soon.
0: Broadcasters are tired of having Spectrum squeezed out of the white spaces between their channels and asked to give back unused Spectrum. National Association of Broadcasters has had enough, and they've told the FCC that several Spectrum holders, including Verizon, AT&T, and Time Warner Cable, have not developed the Spectrum they already have. I suggest they settle this with a high-stakes game of Spectrum poker.
1: (laughs) Just don't steal any virtual Spectrum chips. Or you'll go to jail. Besides the MacBook Pro and a few forthcoming hard drives, the super fast, super flexible Thunderbolt protocol, a.k.a. Lightpeak, is not readily available. Sony aims to remedy that with a hybrid Vio laptop equipped with Intel's Thunderbolt as well. The rumored Vio sounds similar to the Samsung 9 and MacBook Air in size and specs. Thunderbolt!
2: Woohoo! Thunderbolt! (laughs) you live in Seattle... You should get a Verizon phone. Mobile testing company RootMetrics did extensive testing. Check this out. They tested them all. The HTC Thunderbolt running on Verizon's LTE network. The HTC Inspire on HT&T's HSPA Plus network. The HTC Evo on Sprint's WiMAX network. And, of course, the Samsung Galaxy S on T-Mobile's HSPA Plus 21 network. Verizon won, but, of course, the study was only conducted in Seattle on March 18th. So...
0: Go Seattle. Yeah. So good good study if you live in Seattle. IBM agreed to pay $10 million to settle with the SEC over allegations. Now that's a fine. Uh, it's still probably pocket change for IBM. Uh, they said its employees have spent the last fifteen years or so illegally bribing and wooing foreign officials to score themselves bigger contracts. This includes two hundred seven thousand dollars in cash bribes paid to South Korean representatives between ninety eight and oh three, plus more in the form of gifts and trips to those willing and able to sign over big contracts, even paying for the vacations for Chinese officials' personal vacations, which is, you know, that's that's pretty nice, uh, but still illegal. So IBM had to pay ten million dollars.
1: Facebook is making a big and probably a smart play to be the social network of choice for non-smartphones. The social network has acquired Snap2, which is a developer of apps for feature phones, for some believed to be about $70 The acquisition is Facebook's first outside of the U.S. and enhances the work that Facebook has already done to make its services accessible to more than just smartphone users and developed markets. Smart indeed, Facebook. Well played.
0: And uh, finally, I, maybe didn't make this clear during during the uh, story about the MacBook Pro problems, but ten point six point seven is out. You can download it uh-huh. right now. So the fix is in ten point six point seven, as I mentioned, and I, I didn't make it clear that you can actually download it right now.
1: So it's okay. Got it.
0: So if you're having this problem, update,
1: and then you're fine.
0: Hopefully. That's hope. <laughs> uh, finally, a Dutch former military person uh, has started a Twitter feed where he gives minute by minute coverage of the un air war over libya it's it's pretty crazy uh he's even through a combination of video streams live streams uh tracking transponders just just monitoring everything he can monitor including air traffic control frequencies and real-time aircraft transponder broadcasts he's able to tell exactly what's going on in libya and even do some troubleshooting for the U.S. Ar- uh, air force he says at usa africa command be advised one of your weasels F16CJ from 23rd 23rd as 23th Favicon, TH. FS Spangdahlem Germany has his transponder mode S on not secure so he's not hacking in he's <laughs> hey. just saying I shouldn't be able to follow this guy Maybe You might just want leaving to fix a calling that. card you know yeah. Hey, yeah, we're here. I yeah, mean, do you do you
1: think that uh, there are any issues with government saying, "Hey, you can't tweet stuff like this"? I mean, we'll give you a line into us some other way, but we don't want the I general don't... public knowing.
0: No, but this what... I, I think this is actually the opposite. Whereas he's finding the public information uh-huh. and saying not only like, "Here's what's going on and this is pretty cool," but also like, you know, this part shouldn't be public and, right. and providing an invaluable troubleshooting uh, for the for the U.S. Air Force.
1: Yeah, I guess he just gives them—I uh, don't know—better reason to keep things secure.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, FMCNL is the uh, Twitter feed if you want to try to follow That's it. Pretty cool. On to uh, the calendar in a second, though. First, we have to thank our uh, sponsor, FreshBooks. Uh, FreshBooks.com. They've been supporting TNT for uh, quite a while now. I filed an invoice with them yesterday. Ooh, so much them, easier. Did you have them mail it to the person? Physical I did, mail? I didn't need to. Okay. I was working with it's a company a cool that was sophisticated enough that I, I could just have it emailed. Uh but yeah, I, I, instead of like tweaking around this uh open office template oh, to yeah. like force it, like, oh, there's no PO number. I guess I can stick it over here. Like with FreshBooks, I just went in and said, What's the P.O. number? What's this? You know, I, I answer the questions, it creates the invoice, looks professional, mail it away. They got it immediately and said, yep, we'll process this immediately, and I can see that they've seen it. It's awesome.
2: Yeah, I was using the same kind of thing with uh, OpenOffice, and it was kind of a pain. And now it's all on the web, and I can hit it from any computer, and I love it. And everybody on Hack5 is using it. It's great.
0: Anyway, uh, they've got automated late payment reminders. The time tracking feature lets you log hours. If you don't do piecework like me and and you want to... do timesheets. You can do that. Uh, and if you prefer the old way, like uh, like Darren mentioned, you can have them actually mail a printed copy. FreshBooks iPhone app even helps you keep track of your work and invoices wherever you go. Try it out for free today. I, I've done one client absolutely free. You get up to three. Uh, set up an account. It's a piece of cake. You just go to FreshBooks.com and when they ask you how you heard about them, tell them TNT sent you because every day FreshBooks is giving away a birthday cake to one of you and it doesn't have to be your birthday Why do they, Why win. don't they
1: just call a daily cake because it's more fun when it's a birthday cake that's true you know birthdays make if it's just a happy. cake
0: it's like oh that's i guess it's nice. an unbirthday you know happy yeah. birthday to you by un-birthday. the way sarah thank Fre- you Fresh and Books, also to you Freshbooks draws a name every day for the entire month so try them out freshbooks.com tell them tnt sent you on to the calendar well that didn't work on to the calendar <laughs> uh speaking,
1: the calendar. speaking of birthdays uh it's twitter's fifth birthday today everybody you know, I would I would be more excited about this, except that I have this pretty much, well, okay, not everybody I know that I follow on Twitter, but many people that I know that I follow on Twitter, some of whom work at Twitter, so, you know, there's a little bit of a conflict of interest there because, of course, they're very proud, but everyone is freaking out about how it's Twitter's birthday, and it's like, I mean, it is a company that's this in the business to make money. I mean, do I have to say happy birthday to Twitter on Twitter today? I, like, I didn't do it's that.
0: really their birthday. No. This is the day the first post was sent. Right. The first mm. tweet. This,
1: which wh- When it wasn't even called Twitter yet, it was TWTTR. Yeah.
0: Jack Dorsey wrote, just setting up my TWTTR.
1: Yeah. That, that was, was the first, first tweet.
0: I, I really wish he would have went, first post. Yes.
2: That, that is good. what you do. Or hello world. Yeah. Because your code just compiled. Exactly. That
1: too. Anyway, Twitter's birthday. It's, you know, it's exciting. It's been a while now. I feel like Twitter's been a long time. Uh, Around longer than five years, actually. Five
0: years is stretching out. The free
1: Twitter days days, to Mm me are fading and fading fast. Internet time. Rumors have it that tomorrow is going to be the launch of the Amazon App Store for Android. Still a rumor, but we'll see. Uh, CTIA kicks off tomorrow. That's March 22nd. And uh, one of the highlights of the opening ceremonies is all the top executives of all the top carriers and the big four, except that this year. We're now down to the big three. Uh, T-Mobile has notified the convention it will not be participating because of extenuating work demands. We're
0: so busy with this merger.
1: (laughs) Yeah. We're just not going to be on Jim Cramer's panel.
0: Jim Cramer's moderator.
1: He's just going to yell at everybody.
0: Ah. AT&T, you should not buy T-Mobile. Right.
1: (laughs) It's probably, probably going to be a pretty interesting conversation. Yeah, it will. F- Firefox pushed out a second release candidate of Firefox 4, which goes gold tomorrow. That's also March 22nd. Also tomorrow, NVIDIA will release its GeForce GTX 590 graphics chip. And this it's kind of a busy week. This week is Y Combinator's Demo Day, followed by those of AngelPad, 500 Startups, and Techstars New York. Uh, those are in the coming weeks. Each are going to feature rapid-fire presentations from hopeful new startups looking for press attention And funding, there's a lot of them out there. So, you know, it's just uh, a lot more people getting um, the attention they hopefully deserve. Uh, Boxy 1.5 is bringing a huge browser update by the end of March. So uh, if that applies to you, Yay. And then Saturday, a reminder, we talked about this a little bit last week, but uh, March 26th at 2 p.m., uh, Mostly Photo, that's Twit's newest show, photography-based, uh, Mostly Photo's Lisa Bettany is going to be hosting a photo walk in San Francisco down by the Ferry Building. Starts at 2 p.m. Rain or shine. It's actually supposed to rain. But even if it's raining, show up with your camera if you want to be part of a really fun photo walk.
0: Your it's, smile can be your umbrella. That's uh. I was, oh, I was, I was, that uh, yeah,
1: that's right, Tom. No, it's a stinker. <laughs> uh, if you want to uh, learn more, mostlyphotoadventures.com is the URL. But f- essentially, you bring a camera, whether it's like a crappy camera phone or a really sweet, you know, uh, prosumer camera. Take pictures, talk about it, meet friends. Good
0: time. On to the email. TNT at twit.tv. And uh, first email is to you. Russell writes in from Austin, Texas.
2: He says, TNT team, Darren suggested that. Bits is bits. And I understand his argument. However, I think that the argument is a bit too simplified. AT&T's costs for non-tethered phones or plans takes into account that the phone can process and transmit a certain amount of data. Then they plan that infrastructure investment based on this. Thus, the more the tethering plans, uh, beca- I'm sorry, um, they they plan their infrastructure investments based on this, thus charging more for tethering plans because PCs don't have the same performance profile and can uh, process and transmit greater amounts of data. So, this requires more investment on in ATT's perspective. And he's not justifying it, he just thinks that we need to understand their part of the argument. I completely agree.
0: It's a a completely agreeable argument. Yeah,
2: I I mean, obviously, they're going to charge for those different use cases.
0: Here's the problem is they try to take advantage of misunderstanding and lack of information and say, you have an unlimited plan. Well, it's a good business model. We can afford this because the phone's only going to use this much. (laughs) Then all of a sudden, law of unintended consequences. I'm going to use this device for something else. Now they're using too much data. Uh Uh-oh, we didn't plan for that. The problem is when they lied to you in the first place and said, this is unlimited. Use whatever you want because right. like know you can't possibly do this. Yeah, it's like those That's web not providers. That's the world
2: we live in. It's those web providers that are like, oh, yeah, we'll host your website with unlimited bandwidth, unlimited traffic, all of that stuff. And you know as soon as you start to use it, they're like, yeah, we can't. We, we'd can't. just rather have somebody with a homepage that no one goes to.
0: I understand the temptation to say, oh, nobody's going to use this for anything else. Let's just tell them it's this because it sounds better but it will bite you in the ass. It will get you in trouble, and the world we live in is one where you actually need to be accurate about the pr- the things you're selling these days. Uh, t- Terry wrote in and said, Hey folks, I'm a dedicated twit and was so excited to have a daily show to enjoy. I keep seeing things here in Tokyo that would be great to send to you, but it's been a little busy of late. We can understand that. Uh, Terry says, When things calm down, I'll get you some photos and video. Thanks so much for your Tokyo Hackerspace mention on the News Fuse. Here's an update with the tech projects we're working on at TokyoHackerspace.org. There's a blog called thank you everyone we love you and projects update uh terry says anyway thanks again and we will keep you updated so check them out at modern media and of course tokyohackerspace.org uh, uh, thanks for writing in terry glad things are, are doing okay for you uh,
1: another email we got this is actually a request a uh, uh, an interesting one uh, from lieutenant commander adam klein from strike fighter squadron 102 In the United States Navy, uh, he says, I am preparing to be deployed to the USS George Washington. I'll be stationed overseas in Japan for the next three years. While the USO does a wonderful job providing us care packages and and does a lot of good stuff for us, what we don't get is really good information in the way of, for example, twit podcasts. I'm not going to have regular access to you guys anymore or enough bandwidth to download the shows while deployed. I'm wondering and here's where you guys come in if any of your listeners would like to help a service member directly and wouldn't mind periodically burning podcasts to a CD or DVD and mailing them out to me while I'm deployed I'm willing to work with anybody who wants to help me to defer any costs thanks for in advance for your assistance now One of you guys out there, I have a feeling that you'd be um, willing and able to help out Adam Klein. And if you are interested, uh, why don't you email uh, tnt at twit.tv and in the subject line. uh, Pilot. Yeah, pilot and then give us your information. And if it seems like it would be a good fit, then we'll send um, your email along to Adam because we'd love to help him out um, in any way possible. And Adam, thanks so much for. For, um, for for asking that of us. We- I wish
0: somebody would set up a service like this because this is not the first oh, yeah. time that we've gotten a request like this. When I was at Buzz Out Loud, we would get this request quite often from yeah. people saying, gosh, you know, I'm not going to have internet connection, but I've got mail. I'd love to be able to catch up on the show. So anyway, uh, ooh, almost sneezed. Bless you. <sighs> yeah, right then. Thank you. Nose. It's, that was it's, good timing. You know,
1: it's spring. Yesterday was the first day of spring, so this is what happens, at yep. least in my world as well. Tom's, Tom's going to keep sneezing. Um, <laughs> Thank yeah.
0: you, Lieutenant Commander Klein, for your service. Absolutely. And uh, we'll try to help you out.
1: We'd love to. Yeah, if anyone, you know, wants to help out, yeah, TNT at uh, TV.
0: All right, Hack 5, you're kicking off your new season soon. Yes, we
2: have a party. Go over to hak5.org slash party. Find out about all the details, how you can come out and join Shannon, Paul, Jason, everybody, the whole Hack 5 crew, as well as special performances from Dual Core, Nerdcore Music Extraordinaire, as well as Dale Chase, you know, him from the song Coder Girl. They even do a duet called WordPress. It's about my favorite CMS. So great. Join us at the Hati Tati Club April 2nd. You're, you're not going to want to miss this. It's going to be so good.
0: Thanks, everybody, for watching. Twit.tv slash TNT is the place to find us online and links to the wiki that has all our show notes. You can give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. Let us know very briefly and coherently what you think about the stories of the day. 260-TNT-SHOW is the number. You can also email us voicemails or email us links to videos or just send us a regular old email. TNT at twit.tv is the email address. Thanks for watching or listening. We'll see you tomorrow.